Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. We both had we that. We always uh, plan our intros. same reaction. <laughs> we both just come out with this one with nothing. Anyway, uh, welcome nine. back to our podcast. Yeah. Um, week um, nine weeks. Week eight of the NBA. Ten. Seven. I think it's. I think it's the opposite. I think. Oh yeah, no, it's week eight. Week yeah, eight. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We did one. We, we did one week. One week yeah, that was preseason. Yeah. Either way, glad to be here. Glad to have people listening. Um, Do we have people listening? Gla- we don't know. I still <laughs> the jury remains emails. out on that. But I've like again, I've please to pay email people. us. I told you I will pay you. I will Venmo you if you pay. If you all you have us. to do is say hey. I just you don't even have to like the show. Life. You just have to say hey. You just gotta say hey. You, you can, can get say a uh, you smell bad. You can say yep. You suck. I, I heard mean, don't in the fourth that, grade you pooped your pants. You can say all that. One stuff. of these things. Hopefully not that one, but maybe one not one of these things. Yeah. Anyway, um, we would like to just make a nice formal announcement here that people should listen to us because we correctly predicted how to save the Celtics. We saved the Boston Celtics. Well, I feel we like saved I saved the Boston Celtics, but... No, I had the same ideas you had. Did um, you? I did. What were I your was, ideas? Let's recap. Uh, my ideas was to take Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward out of the starting lineup and put some other players in there, which is what they did. All right. Um, Remember, because I told you that Marcus Morris hadn't started a game all season? Yeah. And he should have? Yeah, that was my point. What was my point? That, um, I don't know. I don't really remember. (laughs) More effort. What have they been giving? More effort. More effort. More effort. It looks like the team of old. Well, there was no team of old, because this is the first time they've actually been. The team of... The what did they go on a sixteen game run last year? Oh yeah, you know who they lost to and ended that streak? I'm gonna go with the Miami Heat. Yup. Um the currently like eight and fourteen Miami Heat tank season. But let's be real. When the Celtics play at the top of their game, it seems granted, you know, the opponents they played these past three wins weren't uh, I mean, they played the Pelicans, they played the Timberwolves, who have been red hot um, as of recent. And but the defending Eastern Conference champion, <laughs> doesn't really Cleveland Cavaliers. Anymore. You're telling me that Colin Sexton and Rodney Hood are not and Larry your Nance? premier? And Larry Nance and Tristan Thompson throw... Um, well, no, JR's not on the team anymore. <laughs> what happened to JR? Where did he go? I know he's like off the team, but... Um, probably sipping Henny on a beach somewhere. What a life. He's still getting paid. He's still getting paid. Um, you know? That's yeah. the way to do it. He talked all that shit about how he didn't want to, like, let the, uh, let the Cavaliers fans down, only to just kind of leave like, the literally, team. Literally, literally just let them down. <laughs> they didn't even buy him out. He was just like, I'm not going to play anymore. <laughs> he started four games, and he was kind of just like, I'm done. I quit. So, um, Yeah. That's, anyway, that's how you treat your fans. Um, I, but let's talk Celtics. Three wins in a row. Um, three big wins. Double digits for the most part, except for last night, was nine. Um, over the Cavs was 30 plus. Um, over Pelicans was oh, 20 Chetty plus, Osmond. I believe. That's who, that's who their small forward is. Um, and the one thing that I found to be, like, the most important thing of these three games is that 
in the previous games of the season, when a team would make a run, they would kind of, like, pop the tire. They would pop their own tires, the Celtics. They'd just be like, okay, it's cool. Yeah. You know, we'll just, we'll just stumble our way to the finish line. But they didn't let that happen these past three games. Anytime, you know, you'd see, like, a 6-0, 7-0 run, they'd come right back and have their own 7-0 run. Yeah, I can't. Unf- I fortunately, uh, unfortunately, can't say that I watch the Celtics as much as you do. Um, so I'm not there, you know, anymore. But um, it, I'm definitely pleased to see that right after we started talking about what they should do, they actually did it, and it's working. So it proves that more people should talk to our or listen to our podcast because we do have great. We ideas do have a this. few, you know, smart ideas some, actually. Some bright moments. Um, and one quick thing to touch on is the resurgence of uh, Gordon Hayward. 39 and 8 back? off the bench last night which was the most by any Celtics bench player ever I believe. No way. Yeah. D- didn't Isaiah Thomas come off the bench for his first like 2 years? I uh, guess he didn't put up 30. I that does not seem real. That does not seem like a like a high I number. watched the game and that that's what they said. Okay. Well, <laughs> again, don't quote me cuz I, you know, might have just not heard that, but pretty sure you might I heard have just that. made that up. Um, yeah. Well, either way, I I don't I, I'm not gonna take it too heavily. Um, still a little bit of a skeptic of Gordon Hayward. And but it's good. Thing. There were two plays, two plays that I want to touch on that showed, um, like kind of how he's he's more working over the mental blocks than anything. The comfortability. Yeah, and I think one of them was they. They came out of a timeout, and they ran that exact back-cut alley-oop play that they ran for him last year, which led to his injury. Yeah. Um, and he went up for it. He didn't finish it. He got fouled at the rim. Um, but he went up, and he, he came down kind of awkwardly, but he, he didn't let it affect him at all. Um, so it shows, like, a little bit of, you know, his confidence Resilience. and... And uh, Brad Stevens, you know, pushing him out of his comfort zone. Yeah, and I think that's what's most important for him right now. Um, he's definitely got the talent and, <clears throat> you know, the the whole element of him signing the big contract, come to Boston to be the, you know, the main focal point isn't really there anymore. And I think he just has to start to, you know, play into his role and do what he can for the team. So, I wouldn't count him out of being one of the focal points. Um, well, I'm not saying I would count him out. I'm just saying as Kyrie's right obviously now, going to be the you know the number one offensive option, but I think we're going to see like quite a few more big games like this from Gordon Hayward this year. I hope so. I always like Gordon Hayward. You know, um, I think at one point I think you said I look like him. Yeah, you do. Um, <laughs> so I've always been a fan of Gordon Hayward. Um, but <clears throat> either way, let's um, let's move on a little bit. Um, Excuse our to pivot actually, foot and pivot to somewhere else. Let's, yes, that's okay. We should use that more often. <laughs> um, low post pivoting to we're going to drop our drop step and yeah, uh, drop step get right to and the then, rim. But, but then Aaron Baines is there, so we're going to swing it out. So yeah, we're not uh, going cross up with court. that. We're not going up with that because that's a bad idea. Um, Kyle Korver, which is a who used to be a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers, who were dismantled by the Boston Celtics is no longer on the Cleveland Cavaliers. So another veteran um, 
off the team of traded you know, out of Cleveland to the Utah Jazz for was Alex Burks, I believe. Alex Alec. Alec Burks. Yeah. Which is kind of but, just a big fuck you to Alec Burks because he's worked you know hard where, for that organization. It's true. Do you know where Alec Burks um went to college by chance? No, I don't follow college basketball. Well, he went to college at the University of Colorado Boulder. Wow. Wow. We wow. have like three NBA players, and that's one of them. So. Who are the other two? Um, well, Chauncey Billups came from Colorado. Okay. Um, and then who's that? Uh, the guy who can't shoot threes for the Thunder. Why am I drawing a blank? Can't shoot threes? Yeah, they're, they're two yard, you know, the one. Andre Roberson. Andre Roberson. Yeah, went him. Went to UC Boulder. We'll see you, Boulder, but... Oh, sorry. Oh, and Derek White of the Colorado... No, not of Colorado, of the San Antonio Spurs, sorry. Okay, yeah, there's, there's no... It's Denver. Denver Nuggets. I was like, Denver, there's no yeah, but, Colorado team, but there is. Yeah. Um, so only a couple of players, but that's beside the point. Um, yes, Alec Burks did do a lot for Utah. I mean, he didn't put up very many stats, but he was there, and he chugged away, and he played his minutes, so... Um, but he's still young, and... Um, well, I, I don't think we should be really talking about Alec Burks in this case. I think Kyle Korver is the more important one in this trade. I don't think he is, you know? because I think he's just a piece, whereas in... I don't know. Um, well, okay, I, I don't see Cleveland really using Alec Burks effectively to maximize his potential. I think this trade is to get Utah another score a shooter, which is what they kind of need. They kind of just recreated an older version of Joe Ingles, but... Um, I saw this really funny tweet that said, how is Kyle Korver more athletic at 37 than he was when he was 23? I swear that guy <laughs> must just, like, run everywhere. <laughs> have you seen, they used to have this, like, documentary once where it was, like, him and his, like, I think he has, like, two brothers or something, but they all, like, grew up on a farm, and, you know, every, you know, um, like, story of kids shooting on, like, like hoops nailed to trees, yeah. like that was Kyle Corver, but he did that like oh, in definitely. the middle of fucking Iowa he just, or some shit. Yeah, exactly. That's like actually what it was. He was just like on a farm. You ever watched the Family Guy episode when um with Tiny Tom Cruise? Yeah, and he's just like running, 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 running. That just like is Kyle Corver to me. Like when he gets on the court, he's like running, 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 and screen and get a screen and shoot and running, and running, running, and running, run. <laughs> yeah, no, that's um. I like Kyle Korver. I think, but how do you um, think? How do you think he fits with the Jazz, uh, especially because Joe Ingles is their primary three point. I don't think. I don't really threat. think. You know. Um, well, it's gonna be good because the thing about Kyle Korver is you don't want him on a team that's gonna be just offensively focused because then he gets eaten alive on defense. Because if you don't have a team that's around him that can play defense, um, then you kind of get exposed you know, on that side of the court. But the Utah Jazz are known for being one of the best defense, or they at least were last year. I don't really know this year, but, um, yeah, so they are known for being, you know, a solid defensive team with athletes and Mitchell and um, Rubio and Gobert, so they can, you know, make up for his defensive lapses. He's not necessarily, like, a terrible defensive player. He still puts in effort, but... But Kyle Corver um, doesn't start for the Utah Jazz, right? No, not at all, but he's still... Did, he's oh a good God, addition. I forgot, I forgot that he was an all-star. <laughs> when? When the hell? Dude, that, 2015, remember that year that he, um, oh, he was, he like, a 90-50-40? Yeah. Like, he couldn't miss ever? Yeah. Um... 
Oh, what a life that is. Just get paid to just, like, shoot threes all the time. Would be crazy. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, I think he'll be a good addition. I don't think he'll put up many, like... I'm not expecting him to put up anything more than, like, six points a game. But... Well, he had 14 in this first game. Ooh. Well, either way, I, th- I again, I don't expect that to... They're playing Miami as we speak, and they have a 12-point lead in the first quarter, which is you know, not surprised. <laughs> Damn. Um, but, yeah, he'll just provide spacing and give Donovan Mitchell more avenues to attack the basket. And yeah, if anything, it's best. always nice to have one of those guys that clears the floor a little bit he doesn't yeah. clog down the middle he allows you know players to drive and kick um it's just a good you know regardless of who you are having that notoriety as a deadly three-point shooter is always gonna help your team on offense yeah of course and so yeah i think that's all we really need to touch on on that i just it's worth noting at least yeah um Good on Kyle Korver. I, do you do you see any other Cavs vets getting moved? I don't. I think the rest of them are kind of on too big of contracts. But vets, um, um, no. Well, they're not going to move their young guys. You you don't. I mean, what do you think the like game? A, like, let's talk. How far out are we looking before the? This is just kind of like an off thing. How far before out the before they're back? competitive at least? Oh, I'm. Ta- I'm thinking. Do you like think they eight, just rebuild eight, with eight the draft or? Yeah, I don't see anyone like coming to Cleveland necessarily just as a free agent. No one so. wants to be the next LeBron. I don't think you can get. There is no next LeBron in free agency. I mean, I can see Zion coming and maybe you know shooting his shot there with as as much free reign as he needs. But um, that'd be fun to watch. That would be fun. Imagine you just and then Jr. comes back and then it's like Sexton, Jr., Zion. <laughs> I don't. Kevin I don't Lund want and... Jr. on basketball courts anymore. I don't think that's Why? necessary. Why? He can stay home and he can watch the games, but I don't think he needs to shoot the basketball anymore. All right, fair. Um, but I mean, either way, I I don't. I think it'd be like eight or nine ish years. It'll be a while. I don't see. That's a long time to wait to be competitive. I, I know, but you think about it, and it's like, when was the last team that, you know, lost their franchise player, um, and, like, what happened? And it was Minnesota who lost Kevin Love, and they were dirt garbage for, like, Dirt garbage. I meant to say hot go- hot <laughs> garbage, but they were, they were dirty, dirty garbage right. for, like... Like five years, something like that. Yeah. So I just think it'll take them a while. And even right now, they're still like a bottom tier playoff team. They're not like competing for anything. So I, I can see it being even up to like 12 years. Like, I'm sorry, but. Damn. Um, I don't think that, you know, if they make the right moves in the draft, I don't think it'll take nearly that long. But have they ever, I mean, outside of LeBron, have they ever really done the right thing in the draft? No, but they haven't needed to up until now. As soon as they I mean, got LeBron, that whole era of needing the draft for them was over. Yeah, um, but even, like, when they first got LeBron, they, you know, picked Drew Gooden and um trying to remember who else they picked. But they picked, like, a bunch of players around him in the draft, like, 2006 time era. 
uh, Danielle Marshall, I believe, is one of them. Um, All right, not a great who just, pick. Yeah, just not, not great players, um, which kind of led to why he left in the first place. And so I, I just I fear that that's something that could happen again where they just don't make necessarily the right picks. Kind of like a... Um, like a Sacramento, even though Sacramento's killing it kind of right now. Yeah, what is up with um, that, man? I don't know. If you look at it, it's so fun because their they're like, lineup is not good. Tied really for ninth all. with the Rockets. But, okay, that, that was another thing I wanted to touch on. Um, we're just going to skip past our whole Cavs talk. but um, Yeah, they don't even need to be mentioned. I don't know why. Yeah. But, so, one thing that's really interesting, which I think a lot of NBA reporters and... Um, and media personnel are, are saying are acknowledging the fact that everyone in the Western Conference outside of Phoenix is would be a playoff contender in the East, and that's terrifying. Yeah. Um, I mean, San Antonio is second to last in the Western Conference, and they're, and they're 10 only and 12. five and a half. Yeah, they're only five and a half games. One game, a half of, game behind the Magic for eighth seed. Yeah, one game, and like. Oh, okay. Well, the Magic are in. Wait, no. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. That you you were putting it in terms of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. What? Um, but that's just that's absurd. Um, and to think that the East has three teams that are basically on the same oh, poor Cleveland, on the same track as Phoenix, who are at the dead last of um, the Western Conference. I just think that's really interesting. Let's also touch on how weird. The standings are so far. We talked a little bit about it last week. Did you expect not... the top four teams would be in this order? Yes. Clippers, Nuggets, Thunder, Warriors? Well, shout Followed out by to... the Grizzlies and the Lakers. Well, the Lakers, yeah. But shout out to the Oklahoma City Thunder for turning it around. Yeah, I remember we touched on them a lot about how... I thought they were, like... Gonna blow it up. Blow it up. They were gone... They were garbage, or garbage. Um, but they've turned it around, um, and I think it's important for them. I mean, they're not like really playing that great of teams right now, but it's important for them to at least have, like, develop a an element of team chemistry, you know, going forward with these new guys, um, as opposed to just, like, it doesn't really matter the wins and losses right now. It's more just the making sure you're on the same page and stuff. So Very true. Good on Oklahoma City. We talked about Memphis last week. Um, Denver, which I still haven't been out to see a game yet. Um, and the Clippers, which we talked a lot about the Clippers yeah. last time. But um, Denver I is think... a big surprise for me at the number two spot. I know, and that's what I wanted to touch on, was, like, I think if you look at those four teams, what's one thing that they really have in common? Oh, boy. Outside, outside of Golden State. Um, Do you want me to answer it for you? Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> from, from my perspective, what I'm seeing is they each have a lot of, like, 6'4 to 6'9 height level defenders style players, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They have a lot of like just guys who are do you remember Hustle I don't know if players. you remember this. Hustle players. But do you remember when Jerry West made that comment a couple years back about how if he was starting a team right now, he would he would get all six nine players. Like all of the players on the court would just be six nine. 
I feel like you're just like, like talking about Takashi when you keep saying six nine. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll say six foot eight. Say and all the players on in the inches. court were Takashi six nine. Yeah, let's just say they're all <laughs> they all get arrested and then the game gets forfeited. Um, but no, actually, like six foot nine, and so I think that that we talked a little bit about it. Um, with the Magic and the Bucks and what their ceiling is. And I guess I was kind of wrong because I predicted that that wasn't going to have that high of a ceiling. But, I mean, if you look at the Clippers, they have like guys like A.V. Bradley and uh, Gallinari and Gilgis Alexander, Harold Harris and Bob Mute. Um, just a lot of like kind of mid-height guys. Yeah. yeah, athletic. And then Denver is known for that. They have the most amount of mid-height players. Um, I'm just gonna use the term mid height because I think I don't that's the like easiest. That's... <laughs> it's not. It's not all. a term. It's not a term, but you can understand. Yes, what I'm trying I know to say. what you're saying. Um, and then I mean the Thunder are kind of in that realm, um, but they just kind of dominate teams with their athleticism. So they're all kind of strong, athletic, de- defensive teams outside of the Warriors who just bully people, but. Yeah, that's my take on it. Uh, what's your biggest surprise there? In the top six, I'll say, in the West. In the top six? Memphis. Memphis being that low or that high? That high. Really? Yeah, because they were like a bottom two team last year. And I know that like it was the whole Mike Conley was out and Marcus Gasol was out. But you just don't expect those two players to make that big of a difference when they come back. Yeah, they're two best players. I would expect them to make some sort of difference. I mean, not like a complete flip around. All right, yeah, I I get what you're saying. I can see them being like an eight seed, but not like a complete just flip the game, flip the script type thing. All right, let's look at the East. Top four teams in this order, Raptors, Bucks, Sixers, and Pistons, followed by the Pacers and the Celtics. The Pistons is so weird. That is a very big surprise. <laughs> Led by That's like, Blake yeah. Griffin just killing it. But Coming off a huge of that, win after uh, Steph Curry comes back last night. Um, uh-huh. 111-102. And they beat the Warriors. Um, Yeah, no, definitely a surprise for me. I didn't think that they would be doing very much this season, but... Um, good on them. Good on, you know, Detroit. Detroit kind of deserves that. Um, what did you say about Detroit? That it's where careers go to die? <laughs> hey, did you know they had Ho- Jose Calderon? <laughs> on their team right now? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. No, wow. I thought he was still on Cleveland. Um, but Don't play a lot. One thing, one thing is the, I think we should talk about is how well the Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin front court duo has worked so far? Because it's I, it's it's definitely working. Yeah, and um, I thought there would be a little bit of a problem with clog in the middle, so to speak. Um, but I've also known that Blake Griffin was like a lot more of a stretch four than most people thought he was. Yeah, I mean he was always like. Granted, when he first came into the league, it was all about his athleticism, but I think he he definitely developed like a a jump shot. He developed being able to take people off the dribble. Um, And if he, you know, is doing that on one side and Andre Drummond's, you know, doing his back-to-the-basket thing, 
I don't really see a world where they they don't get along chemistry wise. Yeah, I my question though is like we've seen this happen before with I mean I love Andre Drummond and you know what he does for the Pistons but he's not that much of a different player than what DeAndre Jordan was for the Clippers last year um or even I two years ago. I disagree with that. I mean you don't no, think like, that Andre Drummond is a more skilled offensive player than He's a more skilled offensive player. I'm just saying in terms of like we've seen the guy who they stay around the basket, um, they get rebounds, they block shots, and they're just kind of a big fr- presence. And it's like, it works. Everyone's like, oh, the Clippers, they were really good. They were a top three seed, and they got bounced in the first round because it just doesn't hold up in a playoff setting. And so I'm saying, yes, Andre Drummond is better than DeAndre Jordan is, but I just don't think... I'm talking about the style of play. Okay. Like, I, I you can you kind mean. of overpower teams in the in the regular season, but... Um, I just don't... It'll be interesting to see how well it works in the long run, I guess. Fair, yeah. You had something you read about Steve Kerr, though, I believe? Yeah, Steve Kerr said that last night he believes um, was his worst performance as a coach. What's up with coaches making a lot of, like, really aggressive statements lately? What do you mean? You got another example? Well, the whole... Um, Greg Popovich thing, and he was talking about how like oh Popovich he's has hated always the three been point. A, a yeah, but he's no, he's been talkative, but he's never been like a bitchy type guy. Um, I mean, he makes, it's like, something jokes, that we talked about, and I kind of agree with him that the three ruined the game of basketball. That not the three itself, but the way that it's pretty much become the main focal point of every team's offense. I mean, yeah, I agree. Um, it makes to things say that so he, predictable, and I I get where he's coming from. To say that he hated the three for the past 20 years is a little bit excessive, though, because for, for a lot of his tenure, he, you know, played a style that was just back to the basket, dominate the low post, and play from there. I feel like, um, you know, at the core of the I think it's only the, the Spurs, past couple he, of years. He had a pretty diverse group of... Talents. I mean, you have Tony Parker, who, you know, not a three-point shooter. He gets to the rim at will. Um, same thing with Mono Ginobili, more of like a mid-range threat. And then you have Tim Duncan, who's, like you said, the back-to-the-basket threat. But, uh, yeah, so I'm saying everything was inside the three-point line. So I don't know why he nece- – but he had, like, success with it. So I don't know why he said for the past 20 years he's hated the three. Like, he – it's really only the past – two, three years that he struggled with it. Um, And even then, like, those Spurs teams, the one that beat Miami was, like, one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. And, you know, Danny Green and um, Marco Bellinelli and all those guys, Patty Mills, they just, you know, lit the court on fire. So I don't know. It's not like he really struggled with it. He just seems like he's kind of just saying it to say it. I don't know. Yeah, he's obviously exaggerating. If I had to guess, the Spurs lost before he said that. Um, they're not having a good season anyway. Well, they're not having a bad season either, you know? Right, they're but like, they're not... They're Like, we just mentioned that they're at the bottom of the Western Conference. They're not but having... Like barely. <laughs> right, but I'm saying, like, you know, he's probably just yeah. bitter. Um, yeah. But I get, like, I get... And for me, it, I don't know about 20 years, but I would say just the pat like, 
the Steph Curry Clay Thompson era. Yeah, was what kind of ruined it. But I think the most of that has really come this year. I've noticed it more than anything this year. It's just like, you know, everybody had to develop a three-point shot. Never in my life did I think I would see Aaron Brent, Aaron Baines, Aaron Baines. confidently putting up three-pointers and making them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's where we are. Um, let's just really quick to touch back on the thing we talked about before. Let's go down, because it, it's a really interesting thing to me to look at. If you had to set, like, a bet right now on what teams in the West are going to make the playoffs, let's go through it. All right. Okay, so the Clippers, are they making the playoffs? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. I don't, they're not even close to number one, I don't believe, but yeah, I think oh, they I make agree. the playoffs. I think they could fall to like a four or a five. I would put them down at six or seven, honestly. Interesting. Um, Denver? Yeah, I I still see them at like a six. Yeah, I could. I mean, I could see them falling all the way to like an eight. Yeah. Um, especially if they get some injuries, but let's hope that that doesn't happen. That's like the worst thing. Um Oklahoma City, I, I still see being in. I see them, like, right where they are, a three seed. Yeah, Golden State. I think they'll probably fall out. I mean, they just don't really have that much talent on the roster. It's funny that you say that, but we talked about this a few, and I know you're joking, but we talked about this, like, a few weeks ago about how they, outside of... Yeah, it's not a very strong roster, and I just <laughs> yeah. looked at it, and, you know, last night they had... You know, they're three big guys, score 20-plus points, and then I don't even think anybody else had double digits. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys, Kevon Looney, um, Alfonso McKinney, who's actually been playing really well for them, but um, Damian Lee, Jacob Evans, um, Damian Jones, just like a bunch of players who just don't really do anything. Yeah, they're just kind of like um, extra guys to stick on the floor. But the thing about it, until it ends, it's not going to end. You know, it's like... No, I get what like you're saying. Like, Miami, Miami had ways of making Mario Chalmers look like an all-star. Um, Boston had ways of making Kendrick Perkins look like a valuable asset to a championship team. <laughs> um, hey, he was. The Spurs, <laughs> the Spurs made, uh, who was that guy? Oh, Tiago Splitter. <laughs> hey, don't fuck around with my boy Tiago. Like, like, there's just, every team just finds ways to make unproductive players productive until they're you know until their star players can make it back on time or can you know get back into form and so that's what i see continuing for um the warriors um all right what about the grizz the grizz Uh... oh wait you were asking me oh yeah i guess we're 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 both kind of i see them I see them kind of falling out. I I see them getting an injury or two and falling out. Really? Yeah. All right, now here's the big one. Because I kind of agree with you, but also, like, don't want to. I want to see them I want to see them succeed. I want to see... I've always liked Memphis. Like, since, you know, they upset the Spurs in the first round, and I think that was 2014, I've just always loved that whole grit and grind style of basketball and just... You know, everything, like, they just kind of embody what the NBA isn't right now, and I just, I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Me as well. Um, 
<clears throat> speaking on what's just like before we continue that I do want to acknowledge the fact that Jaron Jackson Jr. put up a beastly 36 points against the team that they were playing oh <laughs> good good details <laughs> um, and JJJ Jaron Jackson Jr. Triple J I was very impressed by it um I, he looks like he's going to be a solid force for the the Grizzlies um going forward what year is he going forward he's a rookie that's the he's point he's a rookie big old rookie 611 242 third pick in the draft averaging third 14 points four rebounds and two blocks a game which is pretty good stats for a rookie third pick in the draft wow how did they get that th- oh they didn't play well was- last year yeah, that's what I told you. They were like the bottom of the NBA. <laughs> hey, you know what's crazy to me? Just a little side note. What's that? Why do the Celtics have the sixth pick this year? Because of the Nets. Still? They're still profiting off that? I I think so. Um, well, that was it's either that, that was or maybe it's estimated, Phoenix. But it it could be a Miami pick actually. Um. It's one of the, it's just like a just like a they just have a lot of stupid amount of random picks that they got from other trade deals. Um, oh, it's... Uh, it, they have the Grizzlies pick if it falls outside of the top eight. The Clippers, if it, top, if it falls out of the top 14, their own pick, and then the 76ers... So it wasn't, it wasn't the Nets. It's the Sixers pick from last year, remember? Yes, okay. So the top one protected pick... Or the Sacramento Kings' top one protected pick. I think it's whichever becomes worse. I don't know. Damn, they're going to have a big draft this year. Which is, they don't need more guys. Yeah, that's the thing, is like, trade them for... And then in, and then I in 2020... I mean, you could set yourself up to be, you know, balling out for years. And then in 2020, they have three first-round picks again. Damn. Um, either way... Uh, Danny Ainge, man. Get that dude a high five. Get that dude a high five, but at the same time... Get that dude a drink. <laughs> um, and uh, Yeah, back to the standings, because we talked about... I did want to just give credit to Jaron Jackson for putting in his work. So, But let me ask you it. about the Lakers, because that's, I think, the most complex one right now they're sitting who they at ha- six. who do they have nowadays uh andrew bynum is it is it kobe is kobe still there yeah andrew bynum kobe rick fox pa- pa- rick fox uh smush parker is he still on the team yeah um oh uh chris mim right on andre varge um I don't know who you were going He for was that. like a three-point... No, Sasha Vucevic. Vukovic. Oh, so, where did you get Andre? I Sasha Vucevic. Andre Kirilink. Uh, Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom. Um, no, but is in Shaq, all... Is Shaq, is Shaq still playing? <laughs> yeah, Shaq's still in the game. Will Chamberlain? In all seriousness, <laughs> I see them falling out of the playoffs. I don't. There's not a way... That's like the hottest take you've had all year, and that's not possible. Not possible at all? No, there is. If LeBron James doesn't make the playoffs, I will quit being an NBA fan. Do you okay? Was, if they make the playoffs, do they make it out of the first round? Yes, they'll make it to the second round, and I think that's as far as they'll go. And now another. I see them being like a five seed. Another one of the biggest kind of perplexions of this year is 
the failing of the Houston Rockets. They're sitting at the ninth yeah. seed after being essentially runner-up for the NBA Finals last year. All I'm saying is that James Harden should not have won the MVP last year. Uh, that's not really pertinent to what we're talking about, but... But it's a, it's a system thing, and right now, the whole reason they were so good was because of the players within their system, and they don't have those players anymore. They don't have Bamute, they don't have Trevor Ariza, and it shows. It shows by the way that they're playing the game, and how teams are defending them, and for some reason, NBA.com still says that Melo is on the roster, which he's not. Um... But it it shows in how teams are defending them. And Chris Paul and James Harden are not getting as easy of looks. Um, P.J. Tucker looks like he literally hates the game of basketball. <laughs> um, that dude's face, every time I see him, just looks pissy. He's angry, yeah. Um, but, I mean, James Harden's still averaging 30 points. Right, right after I said he didn't deserve the MVP, I noticed that he's averaging 30 and 8. So. Yeah. Um, An absurd, you know. It's it's I don't it's definitely not a matter of offense for them. I I think it's just their defense from last year is just not there. Um, it, they don't have those those Denver Nuggets style of defenders, you know. So you don't see them jumping back into this playoff race? No, they'll definitely be in the playoff race. I don't see how a team like that could fall out. Um, well, but, they're not in it right now. Okay, but theoretically, you look at it, and I is one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, Dallas is in the playoffs. Yeah, do you see Dallas making the playoffs? No, no. <laughs> we kind of skipped over Portland, though. Poor Portland. Do you think always get? I think over. Portland sits around four. I think they. I don't. Mm, I don't see them getting that high. I mm, actually, I see, I see them more of like a six. I don't. I'm trying to like see anything that has changed from last year. I see like Golden State at one, Oklahoma City at two. I mean, this Portland um, team, their roster, they have a a great roster. On paper, I don't know why you know it wouldn't work out. Well, yeah, they have their shooters and they have their bigs and they have their two All Star guards and then they have Nurkic. Um, but then they also have like Evan Turner, and and like I get Al Aminu. Um. Yeah, but they have their two guys, C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard. They have Nurkic, Nur Nurk, who weirdly looks Nurkic, Nurkic in the middle, and then they have their you know surrounding three and D guys. Yeah, it's more of just a a matter of how far can Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum actually take you. Well, I don't know Which about C.J. McCollum, but I would bet a lot of money on a team that Damian Lillard is leading, I'll tell you that. Well, they did get bounced in the first round last year, so that's kind of a problem. It is, and I hope that doesn't... You, you would be losing a lot of money. I hope that doesn't happen again. How about this news, and I'm just reading this right now. Victor Oladipo wants to collab on a track with Damian Lillard. Okay, Victor Oladipo needs to get back on the fucking court first. Did I send He's you just... his song? Uh, Victor Oladipo? Victor Oladipo has one of the most beautiful singing oh, voices. Oh, you did. You did. That was last year, right? Yeah. I, w- I would love to yeah. hear, you know, uh, Lillard no. on the raps. <laughs> and... 
He needs to get back on the and court Oladipo first. He's on my fantasy team. He's on my fantasy <laughs> team, bro. Just, I don't want it. I don't want him doing anything about other the basketball than basketball and get him in the studio. Yeah, with <laughs> him and who was the other one? Um, Lillard. Uh, Lillard, yeah. Lillard's album was actually pretty fire when he released that He's one. He's got some bars. He's got some bars, but yeah. So I see Portland making it. Um, Dallas not making it, even though we should talk about the fact that Luca blocked LeBron twice on one play. Luca kid's is... an animal. Kid's an animal. Yeah, but then you know, I I don't think we ever really considered the fact, and a lot of people. Well, I think I heard this from Scal. Um, Scal, my guy. That he's pretty much been a pro basketball player since he was since he was 12. like twelve. Yeah. So. Like, there is a slight advantage there just as far as, you know, there is that jump for, like, college kids. When they get to the NBA, they're kind of, like, wide-eyed and everything. Yeah, but he but doesn't he's been seem doing to have for that like, because it's just I don't think we, ingrained in him. I don't think we necessarily um, didn't take it into account. I think it just we over – we undervalued it. Yeah, I don't the, think the I effect that that has. thought about it that much, but I, it, it really is – um, an important thing, just as far as your first few years in the league, if you have that, like, perfect... Because there's such a different level between... I mean, even college and, like, the G League. It's just on a different level. Yeah. Um, and he's just... He has, like, a, a right amount of confidence. <laughs> with <laughs> uh, When you get a chance, look at yeah, the picture. Yeah, I, I, I saw it. He's got the right level of confidence. Um, it's not arrogance, it's confidence, which I like. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I, I, could, if if I had to ask you right now, could you tell me who the backup point guard for the Dallas Mavericks is? Um, I mean... This might surprise you. I would you. have to say Dennis Smith Jr. Oh, wait, I mean the third string. Because I forgot that Dennis Smith Jr. was on this team. Um, am I just guessing... Wait no, who did then? Who did you think was the point guard? Luka Doncic. No, he's like a three. What? Yeah. When we okay, if we, if you go back to the transcript, I'm doing it, of, doing it right now of our um no of our earlier podcasts. No, I was talking were, about Ben Simmons. We were talking about like the rookie race, and we were talking about two point guards, Luka Doncic and Trey Young. Uh no, we weren't talking about two point guards. We were talking about two players. I never said that Luka Doncic was a point guard. I've never said he should play point guard. I mean, I'm not really against him playing point guard, but I never said that he should. All right. Well, um, to answer your question, J.J. Barea? He plays 83% of his minutes at the power forward and 17% at the small forward. So J.J. Barea does? No, no. Luka Doncic improbable. does. Um, no. The answer was Devin Harris. Oh, good to see he's still around. <laughs> that's, that was my reaction. Thirty-five. He's got this years like, old. he's got this just like this buzz cut and his nice little beard, and he's just like still in the NBA. Just playing basketball, you know. He was he was an all star. He at had one point twenty two. points in fifteen minutes a couple games ago. God, what a guy! What a guy! <laughs> what a player! Shout right. out. He's like the next uh, Vince Carter, but yeah. I want to jump on. to uh, Sixers. Um, the Sixers post Jimmy Butler trade, and also 
We've got a little note here about the development or lack of development of Ben Simmons. In development, anti-development. Not so much anti, um, just the fact that he hasn't really he hasn't progressed. Worse. Yeah, I agree. And that's just... it. I mean, I'm not going to take it t- into two... Like, I'm not going to overblow it because they're still 16 and 8. Um, now, let me ask you. Do you happen to know who Ben Simmons' girlfriend is? Kendall Jenner, obviously. Obviously, I know that. Um, what do we think about the idea of the Kardashian curse? Is it a Kardashian curse if she doesn't have the last name Kardashian? Uh, absolutely. It's it's not about so the saying, last name. It's more about getting wrapped saying, up in the... You're saying that Ben Simmons is performing the same way as last... Literally the exact same stats. Um, the same as last year, simply because he's dating a Kardashian now. Eh, you know, I'm I'm more attributing to the fact that he probably had some more distractions in the offseason. Um, I don't think so. He probably spent less of his time... I think just, like, have you heard the thing about Ben Simmons shoots with the wrong hand? No, I did not know that. You never heard this? This is a big NBA Twitter thing. It started from the Ringer podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts outside of ours. Shout out the Ringer. Shout out the Ringer. Um, Kevin O'Connor, I believe, is the one who started this, but he, like, took a look at a lot of Ben Simmons' games um, from last year, and he kind of made this conclusion that just... He's shooting with the like he's he's shooting with the wrong hand. Like he does, he predom- he predominantly dribbles with his right hand. He finishes more often with his right hand, but he doesn't shoot with his right hand. And so everyone, there's a big thing on NBA Twitter about how like maybe if he just shot with his right hand, he'd be a good shooter. But um, I don't it's know. Maybe you it's should, just you should corner him in a locker room sometime and tell him that. Okay. Yeah. When I get my chance. <laughs> When when that day comes, I will make sure to remember that. Um, but see, but, this is what I'm talking about as far as, like, blah, 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 Kardashian curse. But you look up Ben Simmons, like I just did. The first five articles are Kendall Jenner bonds with Ben Simmons' mom at game. You know, it's all about Kendall oh Jenner. Oh, God, it is. Kendall Jenner, Ben Simmons attend Drexel basketball game. <laughs> yeah, I don't... But I don't think that really... You don't think that had anything he's not to do there. with him? He's not his there, mind. though. Like, how off? He's not, like, Googling himself, at least I don't think. Right, but you don't think at all he could have gotten caught so, up in that? I th- No, I think the whole problem with the perception of Ben Simmons as, like, a developmental player is he was never really, like, touted to be this offensive juggernaut. I think, like, he knows that with the players on his team, he should be doing other things, and that's what he's doing. Like, I feel like if he like if he was just by himself on Cleveland or something, he would shoot more often, but he just knows that he doesn't have to. I would be interested to see what he does if Joel Embiid, knock on wood, gets injured, or Jimmy Butler, knock on wood again, gets injured. Something like that. Like a time when he actually just needs, needs to, like, to light it up. Yeah, that's something I'd be interested in. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I was just kind of busting his balls a little bit because he really, like, in reality, both he shoots a higher percentage this year than he did last year, an incredibly high percentage of 55%. Yeah, cause it's like every shot is right within... Let, let me look. While, while we're talking about this, um, Pull up a shot 40, chart. 46% of his shots are from 0 to 3 feet. 
So That's it's not like he's, you know, not playing well on offense. He's just not looking for as many shots. Oh, wait, shots. no, I, I, that was last year. 60% of his shots are within three, within three feet. Yeah. So six, 60% are from three feet. Um, 30% are from three to ten feet. And then less than 7% from what is considered mid-range. And then... Um, point zero two percent from sixteen to the three point line. So yeah, sixty percent of his shots are within three feet, which means he knows what he can do, and he does it efficiently. I guess. Yeah, and it's like again, it's like he's averaging around ten shots per game. So it's not like he's, you know, pulling up on step back long twos, a la Jason Tatum. Um. <laughs> But and like not making them, he's he's just playing into his wheelhouse, and I I would like to see him expand it a little bit. Oh yeah, me too. I think otherwise I, I just think he like, might get a little too predictable. I don't really know why necessarily he's not um, taking threes. Like I get it that you just don't think that that's something you can do, so you don't want to. But it makes it no a lot time. more easy to guard you. There's just no. There's no. There's no better time to to try it than during the regular season. Like, what does he have to lose? That's my question. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, Let's move past Ben Simmons, though. Um, Let's talk a little bit about... Oh, let's talk about uh, some drama. That's what I was going to go to. Yeah. All right, Giannis. Uh, Actually, no, I was going to go to (laughs) Hizonia. Well, yeah, talk Because he's the more important player here. Essentially, Mario Hazonia. <laughs> this is the funniest thing I think I've heard all year. Goes full court, dunks on Giannis. Not even dunks on. Not Giannis. even dunks, dunks on Giannis. With Giannis dunks, behind dunks him. near Giannis in the vicinity of Giannis, and Giannis <laughs> falls on the ground, and Hazonia essentially teabags him, but oh my God. really just kind of steps over him. The funniest thing in the world. But here's because okay, so they go they go talk to Giannis after the game, right? And yeah. Giannis sa- they said, "How you feel about that?" He said, "If he does it again, I'm gonna punch him in the balls." Um, which is fair. Which is fair. And then this is the funny part to me. Hisonia, when they asked him about it, said, "Look, <laughs> New York is a tough place to play. It's not you're not you can't fear anything here." If you want to play in New York, you've got to be, like, basically saying as tough as me. Mario Hazonia had two points in that game. Those were his only two points. That, okay, so do you remember at the beginning of the year when we were talking about the Celtics and what it takes for Jason Tatum to make the next jump? And I said, you said he needs to have an irrational confidence. And I said... Do you know who has the biggest irrational confidence? Was it Mario? Mario Hazonia. Did you, you really say that? that? That's exactly what I said because I knew that this is like it's been t- it's been shown that this is the type of guy that he is. He just I I need to find keep talking about it because I need to find the stupid quote that he said his like first year. I mean that that stat alone, the fact that you know he was talking shit and yet that layup was his one like score of the game like yeah there was no other points he put up and then i think Giannis put up 30 it's like 
How are you talking shit? Oh my god, okay, I found it. <laughs> this is in 2015. It's from an article by SB Nation about... It's literally titled, Mario Hazonia is the cockiest NBA draft prospect in years. Damn. And literally he said... They were talking about... Um, like, who he respects on a basketball court. And he responded with, Respect? No, I never had respect to anybody on a basketball court. I heard about if they smell blood, you get eaten. I'm not like that. I don't care. Whether it's a veteran or a young player standing in front of me, I always have the goal. I want to run over everybody. <laughs> and this was his, like, before he even got drafted. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm reading that same thing, and it says... It says, after he blocked somebody, he said, say my name. Bro. <laughs> what are you, like, you got some kinky fucking he's basketball got, he's fantasy. You got a kinky shit, bro, but um, a career average of seven points a game. Like, I think at a certain point, you just, like, you got to be like, Mario, shut the fuck up, bro. Yeah, I mean, you're if not, I'm, not doing if very I'm much. you know, uh, a Knicks teammate. Oh, we got the sirens going by. Um, if I'm a Knicks teammate. Are you telling him to shut up, or are you telling him, yeah, keep it going? I'm definitely not, I mean, maybe, like, if I'm the Knicks, and I'm, you know when, like, I don't know, when you're on, like, a really bad sports team, and everything just comes about, it, it now it's about, like, having fun, then I guess, like, I'm like, okay, it's whatever, I don't care what he says, like, let's just laugh about it, but, um, I definitely not, if I'm, like, Kevin Knox, or, like, I don't know, Lance Thomas, like, other players at his position, yeah. I'm not too happy about him, like, acting all hot shit when he's only started seven out of... Like, he started a third of their games. Yeah, and he, he's, you know, he's bringing a... a we- it's not a bad name to New York, but he's bringing a weird... It's like a weird... A weird energy, for sure. Yeah. Um, so what do you think? Next just, time we see these two play, is there something breaking out? I don't even think... there. It's not... Who wants to fight Giannis? I mean, we should touch on this as well, but Shaq said that Giannis is Superman. the next Superman, 100% which true. I just, I don't, okay, so th- this begs the question, who's more bitch in New York now? <laughs> what do you mean? This, I think you know exactly what I who's mean. Who's more bitch, who's more Mario Hedzonia or Ron Baker? <laughs> Who's more bitch? There, you Who gets, let me just by stop team? by saying you can't be more bitch than Ron Baker. It's not you physically possible. So what if what if Ron Baker? <laughs> I just had, I was gonna say what if Ron Baker dunks on Giannis and then steps over him? And I don't actually think Ron Baker can dunk. Bro, I would um, I would get a flight to New York and I would. If you knew that Ron Baker was going to be starting for a game and like they were going to let him take every single shot, would you go to the game? Hell yeah, dude. And I would. Fu- I don't. You know. I don't want to incriminate myself, but <laughs> I. I don't. I definitely wouldn't let him finish the whole game. Wait. So you're saying you would just run on the court and just deck the shit out? Yeah, of him? I would do anything to take out Ron Baker. He um. Point zero, uh, he's made one dunk in his NBA career. Ron Baker? Yeah. Uh, there's just um, something wrong with people who... Ron Baker... Are completely unaware dunk. of their physical <laughs> appearance I looked up, and just... I looked, I looked up Ron Baker's dunk and... and um, <laughs> Dude, you know who he and, looks like? Who? Fucking 
Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Oh, my God. It's so right. Um, no, so when I looked up Ron Baker Dunk, the first thing that came up was a highlight mix with the name Underdog. Um, oh. Another one that just said Ron Burgundy, which Ron is Ron Burgundy Dunk. <laughs> and then the third one down is Anthony Davis knocks out Ron Baker with a dunk. Oh, man, I can't wait to read this full article about Ron Baker. Um, and then there's a whole one that just says why I enjoy watching Ron Baker play. And it says, I enjoy watching Ron Baker watching i need to read this watching ron baker thinking seriously you watch every single play particularly the defensive awareness situation in the first clip i don't want to hear anything about anything good ron baker has done it says my dudes a rookie at 23 years old is a thousand times the defender that derrick rose is (laughs) i'm all for just random people making very hot takes about the nba (laughs) yeah i don't know where people get off you know thinking that they have have he, opinions. He got but... he got blocked sixteen times his rookie year. Really, in sad. one game, yeah. on the same play over and over <laughs> just, again. It's just over and over and over <laughs> again. Um, All right, let's end this shit. Um, yeah, let's get done. I think once we start getting into Ron Baker, which is like a very inevitable thing, uh, he's a big part quit. of this. This podcast. we gotta like just stop. We gotta stop once that happens. Yeah. Anyway, this was super fun. Once again, we love doing this. Yeah, and we love anybody who loves to listen. I will up it to... I will Venmo anyone $5 who will email us. You're just going to get an email from mom. (laughs) I said if it's not our mom, though. All right, fair, fair, fair. You have to... It's in the link in the description of the podcast on SoundCloud. Follow us on SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter as well, which will also be in the description. Give us a follow. Give us a like. We're out of here. Thank you guys again. Adios. Bye-bye.